Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at NortonSimon.org. You have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from Alleist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes, too, when you donate now at laist.com slash sweeps. LAist Studios. I've got kale, which I'm super proud of because I grew it from seeds. Wow. Collards. That is mustard green. That one's not doing too well down there. Looks ready for a salad, huh? Yes, exactly. This is the dinosaur kale, which is delicious. These are tomatoes that didn't bloom in the summer because it was too hot, but look. Yeah. I'm getting some winter babies. Love it. Eggplant and scotch bonnet peppers. And I barter with one of my friends in the neighborhood and I give her my scotch bonnets and she comes back with Jamaican jerk seasoning for me. Oh, I love that exchange. Where else would you be able to do that in LA, right? Exactly. That's the beauty of living in a diverse neighborhood. And having landlords that don't care if I dig up my front lawn and plant vegetables helps. Yeah. This is How to LA. I'm Brian De Los Santos. Okay. So today, we're out for another Neighborhood episode in my second hometown, Mid-City. I'm I here, and I'm going to enjoy it. I yes. Love it. Now, there's a bit of controversy out there among you Angelinos as to where Mid-City even is. What's weird is growing up, Mid-City was just L.A. And I feel like this idea of quadrating it off and giving it new names is like still something I have to wrap my head around. Officially, Mid-City lies roughly between Pico Boulevard to the north and the 10 freeway to the south, pushing toward Crenshaw on the east side and Robertson on the west. But some just outside those boundaries might also call Mid-City home. Whatever and wherever it exactly is, it's definitely one of the most central but also charming and homey areas you can live in LA. Mid-city feels like living in the suburbs in the middle of the city. We know each other. I've got pictures on my refrigerator from the kids that live next door. I gave them oatmeal cookies yesterday. It's just a really warm community. But we're in the middle of the city. Mid-city includes neighborhoods within the neighborhood, like Lafayette Square, Brookside, and Pickfair Village. Yep, it's a very L.A. thing. And it's one of the most ethnically diverse areas in L.A., I love seeing older Asian couples. We've got queer couples. We've got interracial couples, literally all different ages, all different types of people. And it just feels like a little slice of heaven in a weird way. So today we met up with Nisa Ahmed. She's a gardener extraordinaire and mid-city stan who has longtime family ties to the area. I live in lovely mid-city Los Angeles, and I've been here for approaching eight years. We met her at her super charming 1920s bungalow duplex. Nisa has mostly worked in Hollywood as a film producer and lived there most of her life until she moved to this neighborhood eight years ago. Cool. Yeah, I'm exploring my city. I'm from LA. Now she feels like a mid-city OG. Do you guys mind if I sit between? Yeah. Okay, so I can shift the mic back and forth. Thanks for opening your home. 
Let's kick things off. Why do you love this area and how did you get here? So my family has lived in the Mid-City area since the 1960s. And after having been in Hollywood for most of my years in Los Angeles on the way to work, I was working in Culver City at the time and I got detoured through the neighborhood and I was like, oh, it's really cute. It's got all the things that Hollywood didn't have at the time, like parking and a garage. It felt like a real neighborhood. But we're in the middle of the city. We're right off San Vicente. We're right by Crenshaw. I mean, so we do have the ghetto bird <laughs> a lot. You know, we might have some street racing just a block away on San Vicente at night. But to me, that's all a part of the flavor of it. Tell me a bit more about your family history here in the 1960s, because I'm sure... The neighborhood has changed, demographics. My family came here through the great black migration, like most families. They came out of Tulsa, Black Wall Street, came to California in search of better jobs. So my uncle was a war vet coming out of the Korean War, got a job with the post office, and this was an area that you could buy a home. So that's actually what brought my family to this neighborhood. They wanted to live in a dignified neighborhood with other dignified black people. Not to say that we're not all dignified, but redlining was putting us in really low, just not attractive housing projects, like not really giving us the opportunity to quote unquote, live the American dream. All right, let me provide a little context here. As part of the New Deal, the federal government began insuring mortgages in the 1930s to incentivize home purchases during the Great Depression. But mortgage brokers largely denied credit to Black and non-white families, effectively pushing them to specific neighborhoods within the city. You can still see the long-term effects of these policies today in LA, where many neighborhoods may still feel racially segregated. Discriminatory real estate practices have been banned for more than 50 years. But a report from Redfin in 2020 showed that Black families nationwide are nearly five times more likely to own in a formerly redlined neighborhood. As white families left areas like West Adams and Mid-City in the 50s and 60s to move to places like Beverly Hills, Black families and other communities of color moved in. So families like Nisa's found a place in LA, a community with folks who looked like them, all striving for that American dream. The neighborhood has of course undergone yet more changes in recent years. As so much of LA became unaffordable, Mid-City, with its cute houses and tree-lined streets, became super desirable. And you know what that means. You know, you figure these houses, the one directly across the street, that was owned by a man who worked in the post office like my uncle, bought that place for about thirty or 40000 and when he passed, it sold for $1.3 wow. So redlining affects that. Redlining meant you were stuck in an apartment, you couldn't invest in property, you would never get the equity. And that is how generational wealth is passed on. So now my cousins own a beautiful duplex in Mid-City with a swimming pool, and unfortunately, what we know is most Black people would no longer be able able to invest in this neighborhood in the same way. So the gentrification is bittersweet, to be honest. Like As we see accessibility to affordable housing disappear for the middle class, much less Black or diverse communities, I love it here, but like, can I buy my building? Probably not. 
So, okay, we have the love for Mid-City. How about things that might make you want to leave the area? My fears about Mid-City are actually a lot of the development that I see happening in West Adams. Buildings like mine, cute little bungalow buildings that are like the architectural staple of Mid-City and Los Angeles are being bought up and turned into multi-dwelling complexes that go for probably two times as much as I pay for rent. That's not what I'm looking for. Like I'm here because I can garden. I'm here because I can sit on my front porch and wave at my neighbors. I don't want to live in a little metal glass apartment that I don't have access to the community that I'm in. So if too much of that happened, it's going to change the neighborhood fabric anyway. So I would have to find another community that felt similarly. Yes, LA is changing. If our local government doesn't do anything about our housing affordability crisis, Mid-City and our other beloved neighborhoods might lose what makes them special in the future. Though that reality looms, for Nisa, her neighborhood still remains that little slice of heaven. I'm out in my garden almost every day. That allows me an opportunity to connect with my neighbors. I exercise by walking through the neighborhood. Quite often, I try to make sure that I'm supporting the small businesses in the communities. And just, you know, as a Black woman, to live someplace that I feel comfortable and I'm surrounded by people that also feel comfortable. Here, I see reflections of people that look like me. I don't feel like somebody's going to call the police when I take a jog. Although, again, the neighborhood is changing slightly. I feel like even people that are migrating to the neighborhood are open-minded enough to understand and value a level of diversity. At least that's the hope. Give me a little bit of, of, of your splice of Mid-City, like whether it is I have a local coffee shop. Like, what is like your Mid-City like? You gotta check out Mid-City for the food. You gotta check out Mid-City because we have Indian halal, Chinese, we got tacos, you can get your video tacos, Caribbean food, all within walking distance. Like, honestly, what could be better than that? Alrighty, y'all. So let's go explore Nisa's Mid-City, yeah? Uh, you really are just gonna take us on a tour? Maybe it is just cheap parties. <laughs> And gotta admit, totally not on purpose, all the places we visited ended up having something to do with food. Uh, four actually. First up, we gotta hit up Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. FYI, we recorded this before this location closed, but there's another one on Washington Boulevard not too far away. It's a famous soul food spot with seven locations around the city. This is like LA, like this is LA history. Like, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Yeah. It ended up you might remember this place from when Barack Obama and Karen Bass visited it in 2012 as part of his campaign trail. Wait, uh, we're at the Obama table, right? No. Oh. Where did he sit? He really just walked around. Okay. Oh. It, was an it was a huge special. moment for Roscoe's loyal customers okay. and for the longtime staff. You tell us. Three pieces. Exactly. If you want to go up to four pieces, it's the number three and four. Oh. Okay. So that's our herb special. That's our owner, herb. Four pieces of chicken and two waffles. Oh, that's a good So you can split, you know, two pieces of chicken of your choice, mm -hmm. wings, whatever these breast legs, thighs, and then get the waffle. Okay. Each, that's a, a two people shareable. Yeah. That's fine. And then a waffle. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, okay, let's do that. I gotta so get the one number nine with two waffles, and then for the herb. Now, basically right next door, we're topping off the homemade maple syrup smothered waffles and butter fried chicken with a little you, sweet you like treat. Yes, I like this spot. This is a really great little uh, bakery. Uh, That's why I gotta go to the gym so much. 
We're at Rubio's. It's a cute little Latin American bakery that's been here since 1994. I've been to uh, some panaderias that have them small like this, but this is interesting. So this is where I need my coffee. <laughs> like you need a little something hot, mm -hmm. but that's what you should have got just a little bit. Ooh. I could finish it all in my one sitting, but. Okay, mm. delicious. Delicious. Okay. You don't want to try all right, y'all, we got one more spot for you. And I promise this one is not just about food. This is Pips on La Brea. It kind of looks like a total hole in the wall on the corner of La Brea and Pico, but inside it's this super cool kind of speakeasy vibe. They have a nice outdoor patio with a fireplace where you can cozy up with a drink or two. We got a cute little drink in our hands, so cheers, y'all. Um, cool spot, I love it. Cheers! And they have live jazz music every night. My name is Jeff Robinson and I'm a vocalist. I play vocal chords. Okay, <laughs> I love that. All right, y'all, I'm gonna let him take it away. No, how about this, how about this? Um, I can recall those warm summer days, no decisions, child's play. In the beginning, you've been always there, my old friend, true until the end. Of time. <laughs> yeah. what you that you play that with? No, that's uh, Al Jarosso. My old friend. We'll do some stuff, hopefully, you'll recognize it. Okay, folks, that's all we got for you today. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review if you can. Also, send us some love mail to howtola at scpr.org. Gracias. We'll be back tomorrow. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.